electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to a very special San Francisco edition of Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer. Are the people who make friends? I'm just trying to make you money. It's my job not just to entertain, but to educate and teach. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Holy cow, don't give up on Apple. Stop selling NVIDIA, please. Get back into Microsoft. And don't forget Meta Platforms. You ignore these stocks at your own risk. And that's how you end up with a day where the Dow gained 217 points, S&P jumped 1.4%, and the tech-laden Nasdaq surged an outstanding 2.2%. Yet today we celebrated tech, which made a huge comeback after the market turned on the Magnificent 7 in their compadres last week, especially anything related to personal computers. Those stocks got sold, and instead people bought the banks, the retailers, and most important, the healthcare stocks. One reason I find myself at J.P. Morgan's annual healthcare conference, arguably the industry's most important event year after year. Last week, I told you that the first week of the year often doesn't tell you much about where things are headed. As always, when you decide to dump all things tech, don't forget to send me an invitation to your funeral. Right now, there's a rival conference about to start. Maybe it's like 564 miles from here in Las Vegas. CES wants to know it's a consumer electronics show where NVIDIA is unveiling generative AI chips for workstations and personal computers. They're bringing AI to millions of regular people, not just the hotshots in the enterprise. And it could be the first major reason to buy a new PC in ages. I think these chips will spur new sales for everything connected to computers, from Micron and Dell to HP, Microsoft, hey, maybe even Best Buy. As Jensen Wong, the effervescent CEO of NVIDIA, who I call uh, DaVinci, said at the introduction, generative AI is the single most significant platform transition in, com- transition in computing history and will transform every industry. How big? How about 100 million PC and workstations? No wonder a stock, which had seemingly stalled, suddenly exploded to an all-time high, up $31 or more than 6%, even after it was the best performer in the S&P 500 last year, more than tripling on exploding chip sales for generative AI. While it can't top the NVIDIA news, Apple stock broke its four-day skid and jumped four and change, based on positive pushes by analysts at Evercore, ISI, J.P. Morgan, and Morgan Stanley, with the latter particularly bullish in the company's plans to infuse products with artificial intelligence. Plus, Apple gave you a launch date for the Vision Pro, a revolutionary headset that promises remarkable resolution and dynamite toggling at the clip of your thumb and index finger. I bet Apple aficionados, including me, will eat it up when it starts selling on February 2nd. Sure, we heard a report today from Jeffrey speculating that Apple sales fell 30% in China in the first week of 2024, continuing admittedly a worrisome trend. Never mind that iPhone, there was an iPhone that flew out of a hole in a Boeing plane Friday and survived a 16,000-foot fall and worked perfectly. I know, that's not enough to offset weakness in the huge market that is China. Numbers may be too high for the opportunity. 
Cupertino Colossus. But AI, the Vision Pro, and strong service revenue should make people rethink selling the stock down almost 10% from its high, as Apple was as of Friday's close. Oh, did anyone mention that Apple stock was up 48% last year? I, I, I regard that hardly a disappointment. You bet against this one at your own peril. Yes, this is the kind of news flow that always gets people excited and gets the Nasdaq really rolling. You simply have to own some of the magnificent seven down here, especially after last week's beatdown. Well, you might ask, what the heck am I doing out here at this conference, this, this healthcare conference in San Francisco? Am I at the wrong confab? Hardly. People should recognize that the disparity in value between these healthcare companies that are saving lives, attacking cancer, heart disease, complicated mental illness, and yes, obesity and diabetes, and those companies that help them make a better computer, well, the disparity is just too great. Right now, only Eli Lilly, the maker of Munjaro for diabetes and Zepbound for obesity, has gotten the deserved attention. These diseases are hard to regulate. They can lead to cardiovascular illness and death. So you can't really put a price on extending your life. No wonder Lily stock is now a $595 billion company, still far from mag $7 trillionaire status. But maybe that's the opportunity. Maybe the opportunity is with Walgreens. The former drugstore Colossus has fallen on such hard times that it had to cut its dividend almost in half last week. But because the stock's down so much, it still yields almost 4%. Okay, I know. That's the wrong way to get a higher yield. But you can take it where you can get it. We'll learn more later tonight when we speak to the CEO. Or maybe the opportunity lies with Bristol Myers, where I'm speaking with the CEO about tackling the toughest of the toughest, schizophrenia. A new franchise, which is the product of a merger with Karuna Therapeutics, for $14 billion in cash. If it works, Bristol Myers might be able to help conquer Alzheimer's psychosis, bipolar disorder, too. The Karuna deal is part of a takeover spree that Bristol's been on. They want to broaden their drugs beyond oncology and cardiovascular disease before their biggest drugs start losing patent protection. Should these healthcare companies really be valued at just a fraction of what we pay for a handful of technology companies that make up 30% of the SP 500? If you're curing cancer and heart disease, if you're trying to conquer diabetes or obesity, is that not market moving? Yet many of these stocks have languished for years as tech advanced beyond what anyone thought possible. Right now, with the exception of Eli Lilly with that revolutionary GLP-1 weight loss drug, these stocks trade more on the bond market or government reimbursement news than on their actual prospects. I'm here to find out just how wrong that is. And believe me, it is very wrong. Don't forget that what we care about is percentage gains, not incremental gains. And I think you can find bigger percentage gains in healthcare especially if we identify the next takeover targets, and we're seeing an awful lot of takeouts in the pharma space, mostly related to biotechs being bought by big pharma for their revolutionary drugs. Of course, there's a remarkable intersection between tech and medicine. Earlier today, I spoke with Jeff Marthys, the CEO of Medtronic, about his company's alliance with, yes, NVIDIA to get the best real-time technology that ensures a colonoscopy can catch everything. Right now, a typical colonoscopy can miss up to 50% of colorectal cancer possibilities. I spoke to Bob Bradway, he's the CEO of Amgen, about his deal with NVIDIA announced today for new drug discovery. In the end, stocks like Microsoft and NVIDIA, which are bringing AI to the PC, and stocks like Apple, which is integrating artificial intelligence with the cell phone, are going to offer amazing investment opportunities. But the bottom line out here, I think a well-rounded portfolio needs to have health care, too. And that's the best reason to buy shares in the companies you will hear from today and tomorrow. Coming to you from beautiful San Francisco at the annual J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference extravaganza. Let's take calls. Why don't we start with George in Michigan. George. Hey, Jim. How are you doing, guys? I am doing well. How about you, George? I'm fine. I have, I have a position on L3 Harris that I put on a long time ago when you recommended it, and I've been working it for quite some time. What's your opinion of it now? 
I still think it's one of the finest defense companies because it involves basically the technology of defense. I don't know what, what the heck people were selling at George. They were completely wrong. We were right. You and I got it right. I congratulate you. Let's go to Allen in California. Allen. Booyah. Booyah, big guy. What's happening? Uh, well, just uh, keeping the sound on my back. I've got uh, Spotify. What do you think of Spotify? What's your take on that? Spotify's a home run. I think the pivot that they made toward more profitability just accelerated the trajectory of the stock. You stay along that one, partner. How about Andrew in Tennessee? Andrew. Happy New Year. Booyah from Music City. Wow. Yeah, I got to get there myself. What's going on? Jim, I love Carl Special on Nashville. When are you going to do the show here? You know, when my wife says I can go, I guess. I don't know. Or they invite me. If they invite me, I'll, I'm headed there. What's going on? You're welcome anytime. Hey, man, I'm a longtime holder of Pfizer, ticker FI. It had a huge run, but then it slowed down after its merger with First Data a couple years ago. You told us to bank with Frank and ride it out. It's been stuck in the 120 to 130 range for a while, but finally seems to be breaking out to new highs. Should I take profits or keep holding? Bank with Frank. And let it ride. You got it right. We're going to continue to do that with Pfizer. Oh, man, I was just getting in my groove. All right, look, we know the top tech stocks in this market are going to offer you amazing opportunities. But I think if you want to have a well-rounded portfolio, you need to have put some health care in that portfolio, too. All right, oh, man, money time. I'm bringing you hard-hitting interviews from some of the biggest names in healthcare from J.P. Morgan's Healthcare Conference in San Francisco. Amgen just finished up its acquisition of Horizon Therapeutics. What's next for that company? I'm getting the latest for the company's top brass. Then Walgreens is a new CEO at the helm. I'm getting an inside look at his priorities for the company amid a lot of headwinds for the industry. And don't miss my exclusive with Roche ahead of the company's presentation at the conference. So stick with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on X. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Mentions. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com. Or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact, smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreated in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. 
with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's next for Amgen, the biotech titan, now that it's finished buying Horizon Therapeutics? Earlier today, we got a chance to sit down with Bob Bradwell. He's the chairman and CEO of Amgen for a rare TV interview after his presentation at the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference. Take a look. Bob, we've got so much to talk about, but first, congratulations, all-time high. What's driving the stock? Well, thanks, Jim. I hope it's uh, optimism about the outlook for the innovation arising from Amgen. So You do have the fastest-growing portfolio that I've seen, and it's in a lot of different uh, causes, a lot of different need, needs that are unmet otherwise. Well, we're focused on uh, serious unmet medical need, and, and we've built the business across four pillars now, and we're excited about the innovation that we have in each of those four pillars. Now, let's go over the one that's most recent that people know about, which is Horizon, rare diseases, yeah. new pillar for you. Right. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have the opportunity to build a rare disease business now. Uh, so in addition to the assets that we acquired with Horizon, we have a molecule called Tavnios, which treats a rare form of vasculitis very effectively. Uh, so we now have a very strong uh, presence in rare disease based primarily around our decades of expertise in autoimmune disorders. So it fits well with what we're otherwise trying to do at Amgen. Right, now, you also have a... Uh a franchise that many people are talking about, which is their obesity franchise. We're going to have some very interesting readouts later this year. Well, we just rapidly enrolled a phase two trial uh, for our lead product, Maritide. Uh, and there's a great deal of enthusiasm for that because it looks like it may be differentiated versus the molecules that are a little bit ahead of us uh, in the marketplace. Differentiated in terms of dosing schedule. So it's a, we're looking at a monthly uh, uh, therapy as opposed to a uh, therapy that has to be used more often. And at least in the early clinical data, it looked to be very impressive as to the rate and magnitude of weight loss as well. So I know the market will be excited and we are too. Well- it's about better those to shoot yourself up 12 times a year than it is 52, right? For example. Something we learned. Yeah. And then I also know that you've got something a little further back uh, that could be even a pill for Yeah, we have about a half dozen other projects, uh, Jim, addressing obesity that we're excited uh, to generate data for. And, you know, we think that over time uh, th- there will be a need for a range of medicines to address what we think is a heterogeneous problem, and that is the global ep- obesity uh, epidemic. Now, uh, People don't understand, I think, how big your cancer franchise is. Now, no one, obviously, we always hope that anyone has cancer gets better, but it's likely uh, maybe they're using one of your drugs. Well, one in five cancer patients in the United States is benefiting from an Amgen medicine. 
uh, and that reflects our decades of experience in bringing innovative medicines to the benefit of those patients. Uh, but at the moment, we're particularly focused on a new form of, of medicines called T-cell engaging therapies, bispecific T-cell engaging therapies. Uh, and we have a medicine called Blincido, which is proving very effective in leukemia. Uh, and then a couple of therapies that are attracting a lot of attention for the potential they have in uh, addressing solid tumors. So one called Tarlatamab for small cell lung cancer, and another which is intriguing uh, clinicians called Zaluritamig, which is in early clinical studies for prostate cancer. Wow. Well, these are big markets. Prostate these would be breakthrough uh, therapies, perhaps. Well, the, the, the market has uh, tremendous unmet medical need in those disease areas, uh, certainly in small cell lung cancer. So we've already earned a breakthrough therapy designation there uh, from the FDA. We have a breakthrough therapy designation for Blincido as well, and a third breakthrough therapy designation at the moment for Lumacras in combination with our Vectivix therapy. Okay, you know, a lot of people feel that uh, we spend too much money in the country on pharmaceuticals and people aren't doing enough about it, but you have the biggest biosimilar portfolio. That is terrific for the country, for the, for the individuals, for what it does for Medicare, right? Well, we're a worldwide leader in, in the area of biosimilars. Uh, our view is that patients and, and prescribers and payers deserve a choice after the intellectual property for a molecule has expired. And so uh, our objective is to provide a reliable, safe supply of biosimilar medicines. Now, the uh, one out of three deaths is because of cardiovascular disease. You've got a very long-term very, I think, thoughtful approach to it that includes Repatha, which is an amazing medicine that's really hitting its stride now. It's a big drug for a big disease, and you're right. Heart disease is still the leading killer of people in the United States and around the world. And one of the reasons that it is, is there are still far too many people whose LDL cholesterol, the so-called bad cholesterol, is too high. And Repatha profoundly lowers that uh, bad cholesterol, the LDL cholesterol. Uh, so Repatha represents a, an innovative way to address one of the primary causes of heart attack and stroke. Right now, I would be remiss in the time we have left to not mention what you've done for me. Uh, Imbavig is an amazing drug, and I want everyone to know about it because I had 26 migraine a month until I uh, met your drug. This is an incredible innovation. Uh, thank you, uh, Jim. It's the first drug that was developed specifically for migraineurs, uh, and we're delighted that, that you and many other migraineurs are benefiting from that innovation. I do find that there, you'll do something like Amavig or some of the other things you do in uh, or, or Repatha, and there's just not enough awareness. How do we get more awareness out of the great things that you're doing? I want the stock to go higher, but I also want people to know what you're up to. Well, the good news for, for society is the innovation in our industry has never been better than it is right now. But the challenge that creates is there's lots of new uh, therapies for doctors and patients and payers to be educated about. Now, I think that when I think about the future, I know that you just uh, got to deal with NVIDIA. Uh, to be able to handle you know, for genetics. That's going to be something that's going to produce something maybe in the next five, 10 years. It'd be incredible. Well, there's a sea change underway now in technology and in biology. A hinge moment. A hinge moment. And so we're excited uh, to work with NVIDIA and others to try to capitalize on the ways that technology can be used to help us better understand biology and come up with better new therapies for patients who have uh, existing unmet medical needs. Now, Amgen came public in 1985. I think you've done pretty well if you bought the <laughs> stock, haven't you? We have done pretty well since 1985. And a lot of that, I think, was you have created an Amgen that seems to develop something new uh, uh, constantly. And you have many drugs that grow at far higher rates than every, any other drug that I've seen. 
Well, what Amgen's had since 1985 is a focus on serious illness and innovation uh, that addresses the needs of pa- uh, patients suffering from serious illness. So no, well, that's I'm, the secret sauce. Well, the reason I think it's important is because there are companies that if they lose this one franchise, they're done. But you don't have that. You've got a, 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 a plethora of drugs so that no one drug is going to, if it goes off patent, is going to hurt you. Well, we do have a very balanced portfolio across different therapeutic areas and now different geographies. So we have 30-some medicines, and we aim to, to generate 30-some billion dollars of, of revenues this year from those medicines all around the world. And I also never got to congratulate you for joining the Dow Jones, which is a very big deal for Thank any you. company. Thank you. That's Bob Bradway. He's the chairman and CEO of Amgen. Thank you so much, Bob. Great to talk. Thank you, Jim. Great to see you. Coming up, investors cringed at a recent dividend slash. So why does this new CEO feel so bullish? You had to cut the dividend. People were all worried about Wolverines. You got off the couch to do this? Answers to that and more next. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve. With the help of T-Mobile for Business, our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Last Thursday, Walgreens reported a solid quarter, but new CEO Tim Wentworth also slashed the dividend by almost 50% because he believes there are better ways to spend that money. Is he right? Earlier today, we spoke with the new CEO of Walgreens Boots Alliance. Take a look. Tim, why did you take this job? You're calling it a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You had to cut the dividend. People were all worried about Walgreens. You got off the couch to do this? Absolutely, Jim. Uh, I got off the couch, and when I got the call, I immediately asked my wife and my daughters, what do you think about me going back to work, but more importantly, back to work to Walgreens? And they said, you've got to take the job. Like, there wasn't even a hesitation or a beat, which I expected there would be, and it's because this brand, 123-year-old company, building trust with consumers, touch points in healthcare, and importantly, we all learned how important this company is during the pandemic when literally our lives are given back to us because of a vaccine that Walgreens and others mobilized to produce uh, an outlet for where we could go and get back to our lives. And so we saw what a great company this was with those touch points. And I said, I want to go and build off of that platform. Now, I think people need to know uh, your background Express. You, You did pretty well for people Express Scripts, didn't you? We did a terrific deal for Express Scripts shareholders, employees, and Cigna. Because if you look, we merged with Cigna. I stayed for three years afterwards because I so believed in that combination. And it performed. And it continues to perform. So we did a good thing for our shareholders. We found a home for Express Scripts that was really, really compatible. And it's been a terrific merger ever since. Well, the reason I mention this is because Walgreens has a series of CEOs that really weren't that much involved with the healthcare system. Sure. Uh, and we're far more worried about the chewing gum greeting card side, which frankly does not intrigue a lot of people. Uh, you are from healthcare. Can you make your company more of a healthcare company? There's no question. First of all, we are more of a healthcare company today than people actually appreciate because it's all sort of been in the narrative kind of a question of we're pivoting to healthcare, you know, away from the stores. The answer is actually, if you look at the stores and what goes on, you know, 8 million vaccines this year at the back of the store already. That's a healthcare business, right? Uh, that's not just putting pills in bottles. That's people touching people. 
85,000 of our people touching people every day, 10 million people that walk in our store. And so from, from my perspective, we are in healthcare today. As I look forward, the place that I'm super intrigued to leverage this platform is health services, is taking those engagement touch points that we have and the trust that our brand has. When a Walgreens pharmacist calls you and says, hey, your health plan would, would cover a shot for you. Would you like to come into the store? We can give it to you. You are four to five times more likely to respond to that than if someone from the insurance company calls you and tells you the same thing. That's valuable for your Medicare Advantage plan, for example. That's one little example of the way that we can leverage the platform and the trust to meaningfully help others that are in the ecosystem achieve their goals. Well, this is classic. We're here to, I'm talking about the GLP-1, the obesity drugs. Well, I mean, I'm not hearing people playing a role at Walgreens, but that's probably wrong. This could be your sweet spot. Absolutely. And again, that's an example of a product where we see now, and I'm sure the pharma companies that that have innovated those products see, very difficult to keep those patients on those products over a long period of time. They only work if you stay on them, generally speaking. There's additional coaching, side effect management, and so forth, all of which we are well positioned to help those patients with on behalf of those pharma companies. Now, those drugs are also a great example, though, of how ultimately the reimbursement model is going to have to evolve. Uh, because the old reimbursement model of letting us all make money on generics while the brands get subsidized is no longer going to work. So that's a great example, though, where being paid for our services, independent from actually filling the scripts, is a key part of how we're going to be reimbursed in the future and create value, again, for patients, for pharma, the health plans that actually are paying bills, all of them aligned around that outcome. You mentioned that uh, the pharmacist is going to play a more important role, but you've been doing everything just to find pharmacists. Maybe you have too many stores. Maybe you can get some pharmacists from Rite Aid as they liquidate (laughs) stores. Well, there's no question that the store footprint that we have uh, is is an important asset, but it's one that we are, as I say, I've been saying everything's on the table. We know that that this year we're closing 200 stores, right? And that's a, a good start to making sure we've got the right optimized footprint. If we have two Walgreens that we can collapse into one based on geography, traffic patterns, and the future of our healthcare business, then we're going to look at those kind of things. But let me also say, we announced that we've started uh, in March this coming year, we're going to have, a, or this year, we're going to have a Dean's Council for Pharmacy to essentially chart and lay out with 17 Deans of Pharmacy, one from each of our operating areas, a meaningful, iterative reinvention uh, and evolution of community pharmacy workplace. And our pharmacists are so excited about the fact that we've announced that because what we've said is, listen, we don't think this is the way it's going to be. We've learned with vaccines and other things, got to step back, train young pharmacists different, encourage them to come into community pharmacy. We will be the employer of choice for that. All right, let's talk about the stock. Now, uh, you cut the dividend uh, last week. A lot of people feel, well, wait a second, maybe your balance sheet is stretched, but you own Boots Alliance. There's a lot of optionality there. You you own Village MD. You can be able to maybe offload some of that. And most importantly, uh, you have, uh, you, you bought stock. I mean, you wouldn't buy stock. I know you. You wouldn't have bought stock if you think it's the wrong level. Well, you wait. I mean, I, listen, I, uh, I was very happy on uh, Friday when I was cleared to be able to buy, uh, buy a bunch of stock uh, for, uh, I think, the announcement went out today. Yeah, I, I'm a believer. Uh, and, and we as a company believe and, and our employees believe. But I think it was an important signal. But it was also, frankly, a smart investment. I was thrilled. I, I know what the value of this company is going to be, you know, in my heart. And uh, so I needed to show it with my wallet. And I did. I think people need to realize that uh, there are many things you can do. Either you can do drug tests, for, but you can, create, you can actually be a lab for people. And that's because the iconic brand that is Walgreens still seems to have a lot of pull. How many people go to Walgreens every day? Yeah, somewhere between 8 and 10 million every day. Every day. So who else has that? Who sees that many people? Yeah, who, could, who else could help pharma try to get in touch with people? 
Right. I can't think of anybody that is better positioned than Walgreens. Well, hold on. Can Amazon, how many people do they touch every day? They don't touch directly anybody every day, which is, listen, I, I'm, Amazon is amazing what they yes. built, right? They've taken the front store. Them, right? But they don't have 85,000 people touching people every day at the back of a store, building trust in communities. And, and I can tell you, that trust is going to be the leverageable asset that we have as we look to build health services that drive engagement for outcomes for others. And even though people said, well, wait a second, I, uh, how are they really doing if they cut the dividend? You are saying that it is still an iconic brand. It's still an iconic, but by the way, it still pays a darn good dividend. We're still top half of the league table in terms of dividend payments. Our shareholders are still being well paid, but my goal is that we drive the share price up by doing shareholder value creation. But there are a lot of people who say, wait a second, 110 basis points on theft, that we should be focused on the fact that when you go to a Walgreens, people are questioning whether you need to pay. I've seen people stealing all the time from the Wal- my Walgreens. Yeah, it's unfortunate, and we certainly have stores that are in some areas where the cost of keeping those stores open is, is difficult, and it's something we continue to look at. We work with our industry. We work with legislators. We're working with our associate, trade association uh, as a leader because that is a problem. I mean, look, at we're sitting in a city where, where one of the great department stores of our time had to close down. It was an iconic location, so we know what the problem is. But you know what? Solving hard problems is how you truly create shareholder value, and this is a problem that we will work our way through. I know you've solved a lot of problems and made a lot of money for people, which is why I am so excited that you are at Walgreens. That's Tim Wentworth. He's Walgreens Boots Alliance CEO. Hey, congratulations on your job. Thanks, man. Good to see you back. Coming up, did this healthcare giant hit a home run in weight loss? Or will a recent acquisition be a Swiss miss? Kramer has more next. JP Morgan Healthcare Conference gives us a chance to sit down with some of the industry's top players, including European pharmaceutical giants like Roche. Tomorrow morning, the company makes its formal presentation at the conference. But tonight, you're getting a sneak peek with Teresa Graham. She's the CEO of Roche's pharma division. Ms. Graham, welcome to Mad Money. Thank you so much, and it's such a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Well, Teresa, I've got to tell you, uh, this is a Roche that seems to reinvent itself like it's a young company, 20 new medicines since 2015, 50% of sales, got to be a combination of great acquisitions, but also tremendous R&D. Absolutely. I mean, I think if, if you can say anything about the 125-year history of Roche is that it, we are at the forefront an innovation company. We are consistently looking around the world, both internally and externally, to find the best innovation that can treat serious diseases that are affecting patients around the world. And that is really what we have been focused on over the last several years, building our own internal pipeline, maximizing our in-market portfolio, and making some great acquisitions and partnerships that will continue to expand our footprint um, in, in various very important areas like the cardiovascular and metabolism disease area. Well, let's talk about the uh, Carmine acquisition, Carmine Therapeutics. This is one a lot of people are buzzing about because it's another uh, another version of GLP-1. Another, but apparently you think it's got some very special characteristics. 100%. So at the beginning of last year, we really started to look at how did we want to expand our footprint in the cardiovascular and metabolism space. And the number one thing we were looking for was a company that had a best-in-class in Cretin, uh, that hopefully had an asset that was ready for the clinic, that maybe had some other backup assets in its pocket, a research platform, some people who were really specialized in this field. And, you know, we all we had to do was look across the Bay Bridge into Berkeley, and we found Carmont. And it is 
absolutely uh, the perfect example of the kind of company that will allow us to, with its best-in-class, you know, potentially best-in-class uh, lead asset, really make a difference not only in obesity, but really start thinking about where are other disease areas that incretins could potentially play a role. Well, let's dig down on that. I mean, what's so different? We've already got uh, Eli Lilly, Wagovi. That sounds, you know, you inject yourself once a week. Is there something better that could be done here? Absolutely. I mean, first, let's just talk about the size of this market. I mean, about 50% of the world's population, 4 billion people are likely to be obese by 2025. That is a massive market opportunity. I think most analysts peg the obesity market as somewhere around 100 billion. So for sure, there will be many opportunities for many players to be in this market. But I think what's really impressive about Carmont is that lead asset, CT388, it really has the opportunity to be best in class, the tolerability profile, the potential efficacy profile. This is something that we think really could change the game for patients who struggle with obesity. Um, and I think we really believe that it will have uh, the ability to play a significant role in, in that fight globally. Right. Now, you also uh, have what may be a best in class for a giant market, which is wet age related macular degeneration and diabetic macular edema, which you've got a one a, a one shot combination that takes care of both. Absolutely. So the Bismo, which is our brand new bispecific for intravitreal injection, um, is really establishing itself as the standard of care globally. Um, it has a superior drying. It is uh, when you talk to physicians who use it, their patients really see an, an improvement in their vision that is, is incredibly impressive. This is going to be a standard of care therapy, and it is one that we believe you know, globally will really be able to take its place uh, you know, up there among some of the, the leading drugs that are out there. Now, you, you're doing something, a lot of people talk about artificial intelligence. When I dug down, you did machine learning to develop a new class of antibiotics. Mm -hmm. We all know our antibiotics, basically, we're all afraid. We all think that they basically could stop working. In some cases, they have stopped working. How is machine learning helping you develop a new class? Yeah, so I think machine learning and AI has been actually an area that Roche has jumped into very, very early and, and, and with a significant amount of focus. Uh, we recently hired a, a new leader for our genetic research and early development organization, Aviv Regev, who is a leader in machine learning and AI computational biology. She has brought with her and built an incredibly uh, large staff in this area. And really, the opportunity with AI is to figure out how to identify new targets faster, test them more quickly, and really figure out how can you increase the predictability and lower the cost in drug development. Um, certainly, one area that you could do this in is antimicrobials, but really, it has applicability across all of the spectrum of human disease. Well, but how, do you, how does it work? I mean, how does somebody just say, look, I think that these NVIDIA graphics cards or whatever combined with our uh, intelligence and software will work? Because it seems like a lot of our viewers don't really get what all this artificial intelligence stuff really changes, the how it changes the game. Sure, absolutely. Well, it starts with good old-fashioned biology. So first, you actually have to have some human experiments that you've run. And when you think about the depth of knowledge and the depth of research that is, is, exists within Roche and Genentech, we have already a significant amount of human material to be starting with. You test those theories, you put them in the algorithm, the algorithm actually helps you understand, will, will, your, uh, will your potential molecule hit the targets that you want it to hit? What are the likely side effects? Um, and that, that then spits out a, a, a plan for you about how you might conceivably move forward. So when you think about the ability to do that in what we call a, a, a lab in a loop, 
to do so much of what ordinarily would be very long cycles at the bench, to be able to do that with a lot more speed and a lot more predictability, um, it really could quite, quite easily revolutionize the way that we identify targets and develop drugs. Uh, that makes sense to me. That makes sense. Didn't understand it. Now, one last thing. I, I, I don't want to be, I'm remiss about you mentioned your incredible cancer franchise, including breasts. I don't have a lot of time, but I just want to give you a chance to talk about it because it is still the best in class. Oh, absolutely. I think when you look at what uh, what Genentech and Roche have done for oncology over the course of the last 20 years, it's it, it's been revolutionary. We've essentially turned many types of cancer into chronic diseases. Um, but I think you know some of the some of the data that we've just released with a brand new molecule in Avilisib for hormone receptor positive breast cancer um, really has the opportunity again to be transformative. Giridesterant, another drug for hormone receptor positive breast cancer, which by the way is 80% of the women who have breast cancer. Um, has the opportunity to be a new foundational backbone and a much more tolerable, much more efficacious drug. Um, we, have, uh, we have new products that are happening in hematology, new products that are happening uh, in solid tumor. I think the continued level of innovation is extremely high. And over the course of the next you know, 18 to 24 months, you're going to see a lot of data coming out of Roche wow. that we really hope is going to continue to reinvent what oncology care looks like. You run, you run an amazing pharmaceutical business. And I got to thank Teresa Graham, Roche Pharmaceutical CEO, for everything you do to save so many lives. Great to talk to you. Thanks, Jim. Coming up, pop open those umbrellas and tee up your toughest questions. Kramer takes on all comers in the lightning round. Next. It is and then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski guy, talk of the lightning round. Clear to the start with Bob in Florida. Bob. Booyah, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. What's shaking? Thank you. I started accumulating stock in this company about just about two weeks ago. It's a Brazilian company. It's the largest digital bank in the world. It's a Morgan Stanley top pick, and Warren Buffett bought it for Berkshire Hathaway when they first went public. I'd like to know your opinion, though. What's your opinion on new holdings? Symbol I never M- thought I'd say this, but it is a Brazilian stock that I absolutely like. I think you have a winner, and it is just on fire. Let's go to Nick in Florida. Nick! Booyah, Jimmy Chill. Happy New Year. Same to you, partner. What's going on? I like to start the new year, new year off thinking conceptually. What will work in the stagnant housing market? My, my friend Rachel's father brought over some nuts and bolts and things for a building project. And I started thinking, is all of that home improvement spending baked in right now? And are the real nuts and bolts and tools that move the economy, in reality, the credit cards that pay for everything? So, Jim, my stock question tonight instead is that personal spending favorite, Visa. I don't know, because of Rachel's father, I think we ought to be thinking about buying Home Depot and then secondarily Visa. But I like your thinking. I like your conceptual analysis of Visa. Good stock. Mark in Wisconsin. Mark. Dr. Kramer, happy yes, new bud. year and thank you for taking my call. Radio professor. What's happening? Okay, uh, semiconductor stock developing cutting edge 
Technology, I think the technology will make it, but the company I'm beginning to wonder about. I've noticed a lot of insider selling. So what should I do with ticker NVTS, Navitas? Okay. It's not making money in this market. They got to make money. Let's say, let's just exit Navitas. Okay, let's go to Mark in Michigan. Mark. Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Club member also. Thank you. Yeah. I've had a stock in my portfolio for quite a while. Ticker CYTK. And recently, it has skyrocketed in share price. Right. Should I ride a little long, a little long, longer? You know what? I'm no. not an arbitrage. Robert, Robert, sure. The the uh, a lot of people think the Vardis is going to buy them. The stock is up very big. Let's sell half tomorrow, and then let the rest run. I need to go to Robert North Carolina. Robert. Hey, Jim Booyah. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Man, awesome. Just driving this 5 o'clock traffic. I wanted to ask you about one stock, but comparison to another stock. We got Riot Platforms and Marathon Digital. Marathon what are we doing with Digital. these? No, let's stop fooling around. If you want Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin's topping out, by the way. So I'm going to say enough is enough and ka-ching is ka-ching. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by Charles Schwab. Coming up, Bristol-Myers is on a shopping spree. Can that pipeline growth power their future? We are writing the next chapter of this company. We've got a lot of real strength here. Stick with Kramer. big pharma company has a problem. Their biggest drugs are quickly losing patent protection. But at least one of them seems to have a solution. Bristol-Myers Squibb announced three multi-billion dollar acquisitions in the last quarter of 2023. So what's the plan? This morning, we spoke to Chris Berners, the CEO of Bristol-Myers Squibb, after his presentation at the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference. Check it out. Chris, you just went on this huge shopping spree. It has basically given us a new Bristol-Myers. What does it look like? Well, Jim, first of all, it's great to be here with you. It's an exciting time to be taking over Bristol-Myers Squibb. We are writing the next chapter of this company. We've got a lot of real strength here. We've got an incredible pipeline of recently launched or launching products. I don't think our pipeline has been richer than it's ever been. And we've got real financial strength that has enabled us to go and actually bring innovation into the company from outside. And that's what we've done with these most recent deals. Well, we had a company called Karuna on. And it was dazzling. I'm talking about the first antipsychotics that in 60 years and the other ones don't work. This is going to be a great thing for Bristol. Tell us about it. Karuna is an incredibly exciting asset for us. You know, we have been over the years building a very exciting early stage pipeline of neurodegenerative diseases. And this acquisition, a potential acquisition, gives us the ability to accelerate back into initially neuropsych, which as you point out, there really hasn't been much in the way of innovation here for 30 years. And CAR-XT has the potential to be transformative in terms of efficacy. The safety looks very good initially as a monotherapy, potentially in combination. And then we're really excited that it bridges us back to neurodegeneration with areas like Alzheimer's disease psychosis and Alzheimer's disease agitation. So we're super excited about this acquisition and look forward to bringing them into the company. people over time have tried to 
uh, work on schizophrenia for bipolar. A lot of people feel it's impossible. Why are you so optimistic? Well, there's a unique mechanism of action here. It targets M1 and M4. That's really unique. And what that gives us the ability to do is to deliver really good efficacy without the side effects that you see with these atypicals. And the side effects have really been a rate limiter. So we see the potential initially with schizophrenia, adjunct schizophrenia, which is combination use with atypicals. Those are really big opportunities for patients. We believe commercially they're very attractive opportunities. And as I said, the real potential is not just in neuropsych. It's that bridge to neurodegeneration. And you know we're on the potential upswing of being able to provide really meaningful improvements in the lives of patients with Alzheimer's disease. And we're excited to bring this in. Giant market. Now, you mentioned side effects. The previous ones, two things that I realized. One, add use weight gain. Yep. So people go off them. And second, they want, they feel cured and they go off them. That, those have been the twin problems solved here with Corona. We believe so. Look, okay. we believe that we've got multiple studies with CAR XT that show really profound efficacy and a safety profile that doesn't include some of those things that really, as you point out, have been rate limiters for the existing therapy. Okay, so other acquisitions that have been very, very exciting. Raise Bio, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Marathi, talk to me, these again are reinventing Bristol. Yeah, so you know, if you look at where we're playing today as a company, we have depth in oncology and cardiovascular disease. And as we look at the acquisitions you just highlighted, they give us additional depth in oncology. We, we are heavily indexed in immuno-oncology today, but if you look at Marathi, it gives us a nice entree into targeted therapies. And with Ray's Bio, we are getting an, an acquisition that gives us the potential to bring in radiopharmaceuticals, which is one of the fastest growing platforms in all of solid tumor oncology. We love the technology from this company and look forward to completing that acquisition okay. as well. These are uh, longer range in the interim. You've got Revlimid and yep. Eloquist not going away. But people are going to say, wait a second, you're talking about something that could be gigantic in 20 27, 28, is the dividend safe and can it bridge it till we get there? Listen, we're going to continue to do a few things really well. Number one, we're going to grow the assets we have today. Number two, we're going to deliver on our pipeline and we're going to be strategic about capital allocation. That includes a commitment to that dividend, which we've in- increased 15 consecutive years. Okay, that is very important because I, I regard you as as the equivalent of dividend aristocrat. I would hate to see anything not go right there. Now, let's talk about the existing drugs. Now, you bought Celgene. A lot of people feel, well, what did it really do for you? But it did generate a lot of cash. It generated a lot of cash and it also gave us a really exciting pipeline. You know, we've gotten a number of important drugs from that Celgene acquisition. And I'll say one other thing, Jim. We're not only focused on bringing really exciting individual assets, we're focused on platforms. And the Celgene acquisition gave us two super exciting platforms, cell therapy. We've established a leadership position in hematology. We're going to take that technology now and be a leader in treating autoimmune disease, protein degradation. The first generation of cell mods have transformed multiple myeloma. We're going to take that now. We're seeing exciting data in solid tumors and potentially other disease areas. So the new Bristol, as you described, is not just about individual assets. It's looking at platforms that can treat and hopefully provide meaningful improvement to patients' lives across indications. And that's what we got from... Let's talk about cardiovascular. Those who watch NFL have seen the ads for myocardia. Obviously, you've got something right now tangible for doctors to give the people when there was really nothing. Yes, and actually that's another good use of business development. We brought in Camzios. We're super excited about that asset. We are getting incredible feedback from patients, 
from physicians that launches off to a very good start, as I talked about in my presentation today. That's got significant potential going forward. We're heavily investing in that. Right, one last question. This is Bristol Myers. I mean, it is a bedrock company. You've been at a lot of companies. Yep. How does it compare and what do you think can happen over the next, say, four or five years of your, of your tenure? Listen, what I love about Bristol-Myers Squibb are three things. First of all, we have got great science at this company. That great science is translating into real patient benefit. Second, we've got an exciting young portfolio. Yes, we have a number of LOEs, but if you look at this portfolio and the growth potential, yep, absolutely, we've got great potential. And finally, I, the people at this company are exceptional. I have the privilege of working with some of the brightest, most dedicated and hardworking employees. This company has a great history, and we're going to be focused on improving the growth profile of this company and exiting this decade as one of the strongest growth companies in the industry. It is great to hear because you are a story company and one that I've been recommending for ages. One that's Dr. Chris Berner. He is the CEO of Bristol-Myers Squibb. Thank you so much it's for coming on. Great to be here, Jim. Great to see you. I learned so much today from these CEOs who join us on the show, and don't miss our action-packed lineup tomorrow. Tomorrow at day two of the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. Last call starts now. All opinions expressed by Jim Cramer on this podcast are solely Cramer's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by Cramer on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Jim Cramer as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Cramer's opinions are based upon information he considers reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warn its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Mad Money Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash disclaimer. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. 